0: you know david and i are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be
1: we sure are and you know we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality sexual health and of course sexual pleasure
0: we love diving deep into the naughty the taboo and the unknown and we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because well great sex matters and we all
1: deserve it we sure do so are you looking for a more intimate connection with your partner? Perhaps you're feeling empowered to create your own sexy lifestyle that is full of happiness, passion, and love.
0: On today's show, we're going to talk about the benefits of physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, and, and sexual wellness, and how Healthy relationships and emotional intimacy are at the core of true happiness and a life full of joy.
1: Absolutely. And you know what we say, you got to live happy, healthy, and always horny. And that's what we do. Absolutely. All right. But as we do every show, we want to take a minute to tell you about our must-have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets.
0: From messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new.
1: And now we have a new sexy pink and blue reversible blanket, both colors representing the ribbon supporting breast cancer and prostate cancer.
0: And to support the cause, we'll donate $5 from each blanket sold to a charity that helps cancer survivors get back in the sack because great sex matters and cancer survivors deserve it too and you don't have to leave your house to get one simply go to amazon and search top waterproof blanket that's t-o-p waterproof blanket and order yours today great sex starts now
1: it sure does and so does today's show you know this is the sexy lifestyle we are carolyn david And we are really, really, really excited to welcome back today's special guest. Sexologist and sex educator, Dr. Ava Cadell
0: from Lovology University and Lovology Retreat has been spreading a positive message of spirituality, happiness, and love for the past two decades.
1: She sure has. So, Dr. Ava Cadell, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. We know your days and weeks are super, super busy. So thank you for taking time to be here today
2: oh it's my pleasure it's always so good to see you you are actually the happiest couple I know
0: <laughs> we, oh, try. Exactly. we try we try da- that's David's motto his license plate is be happy he has his ring which I put as a signature on it be happy so that's how he lives his life and of course he's spread it to me and I've learned the gospel myself so we, I'm, I'm glad you noticed that we are a very happy couple
2: yeah that's fantastic you're a good role model
0: <laughs> we try
2: So why don't you remind
0: us about Mm -hmm. how you got into the field of sex education?
2: So originally I got into the field of sex education through adversity. To be honest with you, I was raised by strict nuns who um, told me that if I ever kissed a boy, a baby would pop out of my mouth. (laughs) And they said that if I ever touched my body, I would go to hell because it was a mortal sin Needless to say, I grew up a very confused child and teenager with horrible relationships. And it really wasn't until I hit rock bottom that I I had an epiphany that I really needed to find out everything I could about love and relationships, intimacy and human sexuality so that I could find a healthy relationship for myself. So that's how it began. And then when I did find a healthy relationship, I wanted to share my journey with everybody else out there. That's What I love to do is I love to share my wisdom with anybody that will listen, basically.
1: <laughs> and is, is, was that your impetus to start Lavology University?
2: It was one of them, indeed. But I had others, too. Uh, after I got my doctorate, I realized that there were some topics that we didn't learn about, that I wish we had learned about, and so I incorporated those into my Loveology University. I wanted every adult all over the world to have access to positive, honest information. And some of the topics included tantric sex, um, healing, um, even oral sex. There really wasn't anything on that when we were learning about sexology and different sexual positions and the Kama Sutra. So. It was fantastic because everything I learn, I utilize and then I teach. And then I always add my own creative juices to whatever I'm doing.
0: Now, I know you've been doing this a long time. And in the intro, I did say for decades. But how old, <laughs> were, how old were you when you started learning for yourself before you wanted to share it with the world? What age did you like have that passion to learn about sex?
2: I think. In my 20s, it was after having a lot of really bad, abusive relationships and lacking self esteem and self love. And as I said, really hitting rock bottom, not knowing what this universe was about and not even feeling like waking up the next day because Mm -hmm. I didn't have love and I didn't know the difference between love and sex. Mm -hmm. So it it really was from despair, to be honest with you.
0: And it enlightened you, obviously, and then it made you have that passion to continue. And so it, th- did you get the spiritualness from that first education as well?
2: No, no, that's actually more recent. Um, because I was raised in a strict Catholic convent, I didn't go towards spirituality. I actually was rebellious. So yeah. I called myself a fallen Catholic. And so... When I found all of the information on love and relationships and sexuality, I didn't seek any spiritual connection and I didn't even see it. So, just as I've gotten older and more evolved and better relationships, am I finding the connection between spirituality and sexuality? And it's phenomenal. It's when you combine those two vibrations anything is possible you can literally manifest the love life that you desire. Mm-hmm,
0: absolutely and that's you know kind of what we're going to be talking about during this hour. Now I want to start off by by you telling us this new loveology retreat. We want to know everything about it and what we can find there.
2: Ah thank you so much. So the loveology retreat was a manifestation that I had in 2007 when I started my loveology university online. And so it took a little while to manifest, but it's always been there. And it fell into my lap purely by chance. I was looking for a place to meditate um, in that area near Ojai online. And I called them up and a monk answered the phone and she said, oh, I'm sorry, we don't do that anymore. We're trying to sell the property, but it actually fell out of escrow, she said, today. (laughs) And I said, oh, that's terrible. I said, you know, may I come down and visit you and maybe we can still do um, a meditation together. And she said, yes, of course. So I went down and I saw this magnificent place of 45 acres, just covered with Buddhas everywhere, three hiking trails, three houses, two beautiful kitty cats. <laughs> and um, I just said to her, you know what, I'll buy it and I'll give you the shortest escrow you want. I'll buy it with a one-week escrow and she just couldn't believe it so she was happy and I even let them live there while they were finding another place they wanted to downsize because um COVID had basically destroyed everything for them they they live on donations and people couldn't come to the retreat so I was happy that it was me and she also agreed that it was meant to be mine and it's phenomenal. So once I moved in, I started renovating and beautifying. I left the Buddhist temple exactly the way it was and is. In fact, I'm expecting a whole lot of monks in a couple of weeks to come and do walking meditations. And then I just added things for comfort and beauty. As I said, I, I hired an amazing artist to paint all of the giant water tanks with beautiful colors and symbols of love, peace, and happiness. I added a pool. I added a cafe. I added a fun house with gym. It's not a naughty fun house; <laughs> it's rather wholesome. I I love children, and I wanted to attract families with children so they could enjoy the place and. Uh, I think the first event I had was Easter. I had an Easter egg hunt for families with kids. And now I do birthday parties for kids there. But I am also obviously interested in having healing workshops and couples enrichment workshops and team building workshops and everything and anything to help people um, appreciate this incredible energy and this nature and um, sort of healing environment. So well, that's where I'm at today. Yay,
0: that's so cool.
2: Year. I feel like I've reinvented my life.
0: It's kind of like a recovery from and, COVID and you're moving forward now.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, perhaps that's what it is. It's just a number of things, but I think it's really good for us to reinvent our lives yes. every now and again.
0: Absolutely. And I saw lots of photos on Instagram. It looks amazing. We can't wait to come one day and and participate in one of your retreats and visit with you. So we're really looking forward to actually seeing it and being there in the beautiful spot that you've created.
2: Thank you. I can't wait for you guys to come. You can stay in one of the houses or one of the luxury campers. I mean, it's, it's all fun and very comfortable.
0: Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. So -hmm. let's talk about why continuous learning about relationships, about love, about passion, about intimacy, why are all those things so important for adults at all ages?
2: I think the continuous learning about your relationship, even your sexuality is important because we change. As we grow, we change, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, sexually, and couples change. And hopefully couples like yourselves grow together. But some couples grow apart, and it can be for any reason. It can be environmental. It can be financial. It can be health issues. It can be jealousy, resentment, or just spirituality. I know a lot of couples where one person has found that spirituality was something lacking in their relationship. Well, the other person wasn't interested at all. Mm-hmm. And if they don't support that newfound love, you know, then the relationship will falter. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we all still work at our relationship because you can't just put it on autopilot. It's not going to work for the long term. It might work for a little while, but... You know, I hate to break the news to everybody, but a relationship (laughs) works. And however, however, I love saying this it is not your partner's job to give you pleasure. You know, it should be your partner's honor to give you pleasure. But as an individual, we have to be responsible and accountable for our own sexual pleasure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, when you uh, do continue to learn and about yourself, about your partner, and you do continue to grow, that causes the evolution as well. So that causes more change. And so it's a big circle of life where you're learning and doing and learning and doing. And that's how you stay connected. Whereas, as you as you mentioned, if you don't do that, you can really put a wedge in the middle and push us apart.
1: Stale and boring. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's so true. So
2: there's a great quote. By the Dalai Lama, who said that if you want to create any kind of immortality, share your knowledge. Mm. It's the best way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that. It's <laughs> <that's> really cool. <laughs> So you guys are going to be completely (laughs) immortal,
0: Isn't that fantastic? Well, so will you with your (laughs) Loveology University and your Loveology Retreat, of course, all of that information. Yeah, absolutely. You know what?
1: We we love, we, we, we just love learning and, you know, we've done 350 episodes. We've had 500 guests and every time we have someone come on, we learn something new and, you know, Ava... You are the guru of teaching. I mean, you've taught so many of the sex educators out there, um, that many of whom have been on our show. But, you know, Carol and I did something really fun um, a couple of weeks ago. And you'd think as swingers, you know, we know how to have sex. We've done the orgies. We've done all that. But we opened up the book of Kama Sutra and we said we're going to go through the book And we're going to try all the different positions. We've never done something like that before. You know, we've had, you know, sex with other couples the way they wanted and whatever was going on. But we said, we're going to learn a couple of new positions. And the first five we were supposed to try one night, we only got to one because (laughs) we had such a great time. And and
0: then it evolved into another position and a different position. But we did try out all different positions, but not necessarily the ones that we were out to do. And so that was fun. And the fun thing was we opened the book randomly. Right. And said okay let's try this one tonight and you know there's always fun ways to spice things up and learn uh, and try different things
2: that's fantastic a lot of people don't even know how many positions there are in the kama sutra i wrote the idiot's guide to the kama sutra for penguin publishing and even i was surprised actually at how there's not as many positions as people think there are because the original kama sutra was actually a marriage handbook. It was not about sexual positions, but it was rather creative and fascinating. They used a lot of biting and scratching and all kinds of other sort of BDSM um, techniques to connect. So I think you guys should do a world tour <laughs> of the future position. I'm serious. Right. What a magnificent way to travel around the world and educate people in you know, you can make it as um, PGR or X-rated as you want. Yeah. I mean, I know I've taught it with people with their clothes on, yeah. and it's still, you know, very creative watching them get into these positions, even if they're not naked. So I love that. See, now you have something fantastic that you can share with everybody else.
1: Absolutely. And the fun part about this is, you don't get it right the first time but it sure makes a lot of happiness and laughter and um you look at the position it's like how can we get this done and you know it 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 opens up those lines of communication again because you know both of you haven't tried it and you're talking about something new and it just adds a little bit more spice and fun and the next morning we sat down and we said so you know how did you feel I said, that was great you know i felt differently the way my cock went into your pussy and where your mouth was and and you know sure we had to use a bit of lube and we put a cushion over here and we made it work for us and it was just you know You should never stop learning about your relationship, and every time you go in to do something with your partner, you should come out stronger.
2: Yeah, and and just doing what you're doing is also good for you physically as well. Sure. You know, to form well, obviously an intimacy, but it's like sexual yoga. You know, that's another way to look at it. There's just, I think it's fantastic what you guys are doing. I really do. Cool.
0: And cool. what a lot of people don't realize is that one of the wedges that we don't even see, it's maybe an invisible wedge in a relationship, is when you lose your passion for each other, passion for being close. And a lot of times, just little bickering and... Uh, getting on each other's nerves, that really dulls passion. And those are the things that we have to pay attention to more. And when we spend our time in bed trying out new things, we kind of forget about the little bickering we did when we were putting away the groceries or, mm-hmm. or the kids being late when we went to pick them up or whatever that might be because we, we need to keep the passion alive and we can't just keep pushing it down and pushing it back. It's not, uh, I mean, there's, it's, you lose your desire for your partner when you don't have passion between you.
2: You do. In fact, the first activity that diminishes is kissing. And I think kissing, getting the the juices flowing together, um, increases passion. So I always say, you know, try to kiss your lover at least twice a day, in the morning and at night. And what some people might not know is that when a man kisses a woman, um, he's transferring testosterone and that's making her more horny because Ah. women have testosterone as well as men, just not quite as much. So, yeah, um, once you don't want to kiss your partner, then you really should seek some therapy probably so that you can overcome whatever obstacles there are. Usually it's some form of resentment Mm -hmm. um, because then you'll stop hugging, then you'll stop speaking. I mean, it's just, it's coming downhill after that. So...
1: Cool. Cool. Yeah. I just want to go back before we get into um, the connection between sexual health and happiness. But one of the things we did that morning, because we had decided this was our date night, we're going to open up the book. And we actually opened it up at coffee at breakfast. And we looked at it together. And we said, Okay, we're going to do these positions. And we said, Okay, now we have a whole day to figure out to get our head around how we're going to do them. And they weren't crazy positions. But they were just different. And When we got into our bedroom and we put the nice little candles on and the lights and the music, we were both knowing what we were getting into. And both of us had a little bit of a different take on it. But it was a little bit like that all day foreplay where, you know, you had this sexual um, idea in the back of your head all day and you knew what you were going into. And at the end of the evening, we didn't come out doing exactly what we had planned, but we had one of the sexiest, most sensual date nights that we've had in months yeah it was an adventure we tried
0: it and we thought about it all day long we actually left the book wide open while we were you know getting ready to but we never actually referred back to the book again and we just followed our hearts and and our our bodies and we just did what felt good so it was really fun we tried
2: created a memory that's what it's really about is creating as many loving memories as you can and that's a great way to do it
0: absolutely um, so, we let's get back into now the connection between sexual health and happiness. And I guess not just your sexual health and your your genitals, but your sexual health with your relationships and with other people um, and, and happiness.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's obviously masses of research on sex being good for every single organ in your body from your brain to your heart to your lungs to, of course, all your sexual organs. And I have lectured in a lot of hospitals and for people with specific disabilities. And I really love doing that because I'm, you know, empowering them and letting them know that it's okay to want sex and need sex and go out and find sex or pleasure themselves. So I, I love doing that, whether it's people with severe disabilities who are limited because they're in a wheelchair or people who've had heart attacks or who've even had brain surgery. I, uh, Those are my favorite um, actual you know, presentations and I always bring slides, proving statistics. Um, but yeah, it's so good for us and if we don't have a partner it's good for us just to have an orgasm on our own. It still takes you to that incredible incredible, um, ethereal place that gives you the most natural high humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's another reason a lot of people are seeking that high through drugs, through alcohol, through mind-altering techniques because they're trying to reach that orgasmic state. And some people are unable to reach that sexually because of guilt and shame and fear of lack of control and lack of self-worth. So, yeah, I mean, sex is so good for your health. And as I always say, there's no expiration date. doesn't matter how how old you are. You're still a sexual being. And of course, choosing, and
0: you- and choosing happiness and when you wake up in the morning and you decide, I'm going to be happy today, uh, in, no matter what condition you live, no matter where you live in this world, uh, happiness lives in your brain, obviously, and, and you make that decision and go after it day after day after day. You actually become a happy person.
2: Yeah, there's a little book called um, Happiness is a Serious Problem by Dennis Prager, and it's a great book it says that it's like choosing to eat fish or chicken. Am I going to be happy or unhappy? It's as simple as that. And um, But some people are happy when they're grumpy. <laughs> I mean, they're, again, happiness just like sexuality. It, there's a scale of how happy do you want to be. Um, it, it's so interesting when you think about it because nobody teaches us how to be happy. Nobody teaches us how to give and receive love. And these are the most important things in our life. So I believe the meaning of life is learning how to give and receive love. And that improves the quality of your life, thereby making you a happy person. And so many. So, yeah, what you're saying is so powerful
0: and so many people don't have a role model for loving and have being happy and giving pleasure and being nice to people. So many people in this world don't have that role model. So it's maybe harder for them to dig deep and find it and figure it out on their own um, or take courses like you do and all the other sexologists that are out there teaching us how to have the kind of pleasure that's going to keep us happy.
1: Or go to a retreat?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's some I mean, I really feel getting away. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. getting away yeah. and being together with other people.
2: Yeah, from the, from the you know, daily um, predictable things that are going on in your life externally and internally. And I think a lot of people reach happiness after they hit rock bottom. I think sometimes the human spirit has to hit rock bottom before they say, okay, I'm going to be happy from this day forth and then everything changes.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I actually, I remember, I remember this, uh, when I divorced my husband, my first husband, um, he left me, and I think you know the story, he left me for uh, David's ex-wife. Um, and I felt sad, of course, and I felt angry. And uh, I was not happy, obviously. And after about six months, um, I was out on the lawn doing my gardening, as I usually do. And he happened to, to walk by, because he lived near, nearby. And he was not, unhappy. He was not sad. He was not, you know, miserable with the choices that he made. And I thought me being unhappy doesn't change the result here doesn't make him unhappy. And that day forward, I decided I'm not going to be unhappy or sad anymore. And I felt like a lightning in my heart that I'm just going to be happy with where I am today. And it was six months after we separated. But I just had a, like an epiphany is that I can choose just to be happy and not let somebody else ruin my happiness.
1: It's absolutely a choice.
2: It is. And what's wonderful is that you stopped punishing yourself. Exactly. Because I think that's what you were doing. And it wasn't your fault. There was You don't, didn't need to do that. So you see, having been married to somebody who wasn't worthy of you was still a fantastic life lesson for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For
0: sure. Absolutely. For sure.
2: All right, we're just gonna
0: we're just gonna hang on here for a second. We need to remind everybody that this is the sexy lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're chatting with Dr. Ava Cadell, the founder of Lo- Loveology University and Loveology Retreat. Now, let's tell everybody about Topless Travel and the amazing trips that we have planned for next
1: year. Absolutely, and you know, um, Topless Travel uh, provides the sexiest and most erotic vacations ever. Um, And, you know, you, you just simply have to book with them. We talk about it all the time from Hedonism to in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, and all the Bliss Cruise experiences. Topless Travel just absolutely needs to be your number one choice.
0: And their trips and adventures are all about the people and the sexy fun experiences that they have. So let's shout out to their exclusive sexy host couples including Party Mark who are there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation.
1: Yeah. And you know we go on lots of the Topless Travel trips and listen up, we are going to be back at Hedonism 2 for another sexy silver event from February 25th to March 4th, 2023. We would love that If you join us there and um, listen to this in 2024, yep, I'm already talking about 2024. Topless Travelers put in together not one, but two bucket list trips from which we'll be broadcasting live. Uh, The first one is March 2nd to 13th, 2024, where we'll be exploring, exploring the ancient pyramids of Egypt, followed by a seven day riverboat cruise down the Nile in Jordan. And the second trip, we're going to be heading to Kenya for an African safari to witness the Great Migration. A little bit like glamping in the wild. From September 2nd to the 11th, 2024. Now on both these trips, space is super limited. Um, We're sold out at about 70%, so.
0: So if you don't want to miss these amazing adventures with your like-minded friends, then go and book your rooms today. For more information about these trips or any of the topless travel events, Go to the sexylifestyle.com and click on the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever and also let's just remind everyone that if you're looking for an online open-minded community to find compatible people and events in your area simply join sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free
1: Alrighty, enough of the ads let's get back to the show you know we're carol and david this is the sexy lifestyle and um, it's uh, really our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because...
0: Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. Now, let's get into how we can apply some of the lessons that, that we learn from in your seminars to actually design and create a unique and sexy lifestyle of our own.
1: So let's, let's start with some of the programs that are offered at the Loveology re- Retreat.
0: Like, for example, your emotional so, uh, intimacy program.
2: Yeah, so emotional intimacy is something, again, that nobody is taught, and it's a way to communicate your wants, your needs, your desires, and even your fears. And so, you know, I often use role-playing, which is always fun. I'm sure you guys have role-playing when you have your parties. So, for example, you have to pretend that you are each other. You reverse roles. okay. Yeah. So Carol, you become David. <laughs>
0: okay. Oh, David
2: God. you become Carol. Oh,
0: you're going to need a sense of humor. <laughs> yes, I'll get my sense and of humor tell each,
2: somehow. Other, tell each other one thing that you would like the other person to do to enhance the emotional intimacy that you that you already have but to make it even, you know, more enriched. So, uh, so Carol, I, you, you awesome. David, you got to You've got to talk like David. You've got to do his body language. And you've got to say, hey, Carol, I'd really like you to do this.
0: Babe, you know, sometimes I feel that uh, we could add some more intimacy to our relationship by spending more time together doing um, simple things, but doing them together as a team. Did I sound like you?
1: A little bit. (laughs) You didn't say anything about wanting to have sex twice a day. <laughs> no, I didn't.
0: <laughs> I can't be David then. That
1: couldn't have been right.
2: <laughs> uh, David, now you're Carol. I um,
0: respond.
1: So, hun. Um, Wait, you
0: got to respond to what I said.
1: I have to respond?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you repeat it again? I wasn't being a good oh, listener. Right. Obviously That's not a good fine. listener. Yes. I was thinking about yeah. what I had to say. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: That's okay. Yeah, I said that I would like to increase our intimacy by spending more time together, doing some more things that we do together as a team.
1: I, I really like that idea because I think um, that maybe we spend a little bit, bit too much time at home, um, not thinking about what's good for us to maybe explore, create some new adventures. So I like the idea.
2: Okay, great nice yeah i see you guys are amazing role models a lot of couples are not able to do that what i loved is the way you paraphrase each other's what you're saying and then it's win-win when i do this exercise with couples it has to be win-win and you know so that it can't end on an argument and as you saw we can't read each other's minds now you would continue the conversation by deciding what activity you're going to do together where you spend more time. It doesn't have to be sexual. It can be cooking. It can be dancing. It can be reading. It can be watching a TV show. You know, it can be absolutely anything. But again, quality time is something no one can take away from you. Right. And once you give it to somebody, it's gone. Yeah. So it's the most precious gift that you can give each other is quality time. So, that's beautiful. And that's an example of the work I do. And then I also have couples sharing their boundaries. And that's really important, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. How does that go? Like, do you find a lot of couples don't even know what their boundaries are?
2: Right. Yeah, they come to me when a boundary has been overstepped that they didn't know existed. Yeah. So we break boundaries into physical, emotional, sexual And then we start what I call a boundary box. And so, for example, Carol, you would throw something in your boundary box, and it could be your physical or your emotional or your sexual boundary box. And you read it, and then, you know, David would paraphrase what you said in his own words. And then it's David's turn. He picks which box he wants to throw a boundary in. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you're welcome to demonstrate that too. Okay. <laughs> you guys are probably really amazing. <laughs> but try and a boundary that you don't talk about sometimes.
0: Okay, a boundary. Like an
2: emotion.
0: Yeah, I think uh um, yeah, an
2: emotional
0: The, I would put in my uh, I guess it would be emotional boundary. I would say um, when we're together in a function, especially when we're together like at a party or in a swinger situation or at dinner, um, do you say do you state the boundaries that uh, I, well, the boundary is I want us to stay together. I don't want him to walk off. So how would I state that as oh, a boundary?
2: It's a typical boundary. So that's it? int- but it's also an emotional one because it makes you feel one way when he's with you yeah. and another way when he walks off. Yes. I love him.
0: Okay, there you go. That's,
2: an, that's cool. So then what do you think she's saying exactly, David?
1: Well, I think what she's saying is she doesn't want to be left hanging all by herself. And I do have a tendency of being gregarious and walking and talking to people. So it's something that that has occurred, you know, on some recent trips. And Carol has been extremely vocal about (laughs) um, the fact that she wants me to uh, stay close or
0: take me with
1: or take her with. And and that's what I do when it's time. I mean, Carol is not a gregarious person. And it's
0: not that I'm not gregarious, just you're more gregarious.
1: Right. So so if I want to go mingle and talk to people, it's hun, come over here. I want to introduce you. I want to show you. Let's go talk. Let's go find out. And um, I do have to balance it because I know she's not the people person that I am. So it has to be good for both of us and it can't be just good for me.
2: Right. Now, Now, what's so interesting about that is that you used a sort of a negative connotation when you said that Carol is not gregarious like me, which is fascinating because you're not competing. You're never competing. You never want to make it sound like you're competing. You compliment each other. So what I would have said is that Carol has this gift of being in the moment with people and really, you know, talking with eye gazing and, and she doesn't she doesn't she's not a social butterfly, which is what I am but I would have actually praised Carol for her qualities instead of saying that she lacks being gregarious. But it's fascinating watching the two of you, and you're helping so many people by demonstrating boundaries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most people don't even know what it means. You know, Um, and and some are physical, like, you know, some people say, don't touch my ass in public. I find it degrading. Or... uh, you know, don't hug a stranger in front of me. I don't like it. It makes me insecure. So that's the physical. And then the emotional is, you know, don't talk about your ex. I don't want to hear about your exes. That's a good emotional one. And then sexual is, yeah, I'd really like to try another position in the Kama Sutra book tonight.
0: Right, Mm -hmm. right.
2: You pick the one that you want tonight. I'll pick the one that I want the next night. Mm -hmm. So it's Again, it's just about win-win, and no one teaches us how to create these techniques, these skills.
1: And, you know, Ava, um, one of your good friends, one of our good friends, one of your students, Dr. Nancy sutton uh, we've known her for, for many, many years, and um, we always talk about learning from the guests that are on our show, but we once went to one of Nancy's workshops, and she taught us this this simple tool for listening and when someone is talking sometimes all you need to say is thank you for sharing
2: correct it's wonderful yes and don't ever interrupt that's why some therapists use a talking stick mm-hmm. when i'm holding the talking stick you listen i mean it's it's silly it's um but it works
1: and and, yeah. re- and really because- what we lo- what we learned from that is by not building up your argument to counter what the person is saying it's it made both of us much better listeners because sometimes all a person wants to do is get something off their chest and then move on and um, we've become a stronger couple and better communicators by becoming better listeners
2: oh that's wonderful and nancy has a gift for teaching and sharing and communicating and she's also so authentic she's she been married for a long time and she is gregarious <laughs> yes <laughs> yes she's fantastic no she's she's a really really good um, a good communicator and, and great with retreats great with men and women she's she's pretty awesome so i'm proud of her too yeah well, have you been on one of her uh, cruises
0: Yes, we've been on some of her things when she's gone on a cruise. Yes. Yeah,
1: and we've been with oh, her at Hedo. Um, yeah. we, we spent a lot of time at Nancy and Mark.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Very nice, very nice. She hasn't been to my retreat yet. I've invited her, but she's been having a lot of uh, family celebrations <laughs> with new children. We heard. Yeah, children. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. All right, why don't we talk about what the benefit of learning together with a group what's the benefit of that in a in a, a, in a retreat group yeah in a, a retreat type setting
2: so that's a great question because there are both positive and negative consequences of being in a group the positive is that you'll see other people have the same issues as you do so that's very liberating but then some people actually get rather insecure with groups because they fear that their partner is going to meet somebody they're more attracted to or somebody they have a better, you know, cerebral connection with. And so as a leader in a group, you have to really, you know, observe what's going on. And sometimes you have to be um, the mediator and it can be complicated. But I, I like when, when someone comes to the retreat, we first have a celebration at the stupa, which is this magnificent monument. It looks like a giant bell, it's for walking meditation. And so, when everybody comes, the welcoming ceremony is part of sharing why you're there, what you wish to manifest for yourself and for your relationship. Because some people come alone, some people come with. Um, romantic relationships others come with platonic relationships and so that is where they get their first sense of compatibility with one or more people in the group nice
0: interesting i know for me in a group setting i am always a little bit um i guess fear comes out of it because i I don't like to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. i don't like to make mistakes or show show my flaws and so for me it's always um it's always hard for me to stand up in front of a group and talk like that. And sometimes things just don't come to my head because I'm more the fear is there, but it's, it's very, um, what do you want to call it? It's, it's, it's a good way of growing is by doing this, mm-hmm. letting yourself be yeah. vulnerable, try to, you know, put up with it and get those words out there. Uh, we have done a couple of retreats where, um, my goodness, David can talk up a storm and I
1: can't even think of one thing.
2: <laughs> so that happens. Oh, What do you think, Dave? What is it that you like the best about
1: groups? Um, I like seeing how and what other people have to say, how they do it. Um, Listening to after you you, you listen to the educator tell you something and everybody interprets it differently. And then once the session is done, you go as a group or with another two or three people and you talk about what you heard and everybody picks up different pieces of it. And... You know, like I say all the time, and Carol says all the time, we love learning, and um, you know, in a group setting, it's it's so many more people hearing everything the educator is saying versus you who can't, who only absorbs maybe ten or fifteen percent. And the fun part about a group setting is you go in and you don't always get it right, and and someone can come over and say, "Hey, try it this way," or put your leg over here, or 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 stretch this way. I'm like, when it comes to yoga and stretching, I'm the biggest nerd around there but when there's a bunch of people are around you know everybody wants to help everybody else succeed and and that's what i love about group settings is you know it's about the group winning not about an individual getting the trophy
2: oh that's so true i love that it's about the group winning i love that yeah nobody stands out as the winner in the group or the loser in the group but sometimes there are personality clashes and sometimes there are big problems, you know, that evolve with groups again overstepping boundaries. Mm, Right. (laughs) It comes back to that. And then you have to deal with that. You know, we've we've had issues where somebody has wanted to have sex with someone else who's not interested. Right. So you have to step in and say, you know, that's a deal breaker. You have to leave the property if you don't respect what other people want. So you, you have to be a little bit of a magician, actually. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: And one of the things I think
0: we always forget to do is to really have that self care, that self love, the mindfulness to be good to yourself. Uh, Especially as a mom, I'm not saying dads don't get it. But I think especially as a mom, we're always giving, giving, giving. And sometimes we stop and have to reset ourselves. Talk a little bit about how you teach those foundational practices.
2: Yeah, mindfulness has become such a buzzword out there. Everybody's using it for everything. And I love that. You can eat mindfully. You can, you know, relax mindfully. And it is important because, you know, we need to recharge our batteries. So I always say to both men and women, what is it that makes you feel relaxed? Let's start there. There's a stepping stone to mindfulness. And for some people, it's listening to music. For others, it's eating chocolate or having a bubble bath or watching porn, or it can be a myriad of different things. But there's different things that make us all relax, that leads to mindfulness, and of course, meditation is fantastic. So I give away all my meditations on YouTube for free, and I've written many on loving kindness on. Um, you know, uh, manifesting what you want, on forgiveness, on aging and embracing aging, on all kinds of things. So I I would recommend that people start to learn a little bit about meditation because there's nothing negative about it. It's all good. And it helps you to create mindfulness when you listen to a good meditation because there are some that are not as good. And if you don't like it, stop it. If you don't like the voice, if you don't like the topic, go do to another one. Because there's hundreds out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, when couples want to get more intimate, they want to add intimacy, they want to do better for each other. Um, your sex, the sex educators of Loveology who are out there teaching couples, because there's not really a lot of places where we can learn how to kiss and have foreplay. Talk to us a little bit about how those couples that want to add better intimacy How do you teach the educators to share that knowledge?
2: Well, I have over thirty-seven courses on everything you can think of, from you know dating and kissing and flirting all the way over to BDSM and fetishes and oral sex and anal sex. And I mean, I have, I have every topic I could think of. (laughs) And Um, more. And more. So I think it's important to find out what couples are interested in. Because, again, some couples um, are very orally inclined. They just love giving oral pleasure to each other. While others are really into rough, hard, adventurous, fantastic, you know, intercourse and anal positions and so forth. So everyone's different. And I often say, what kind of sex do you want? So do you want... Soft, gentle, loving sex, Do you want wild, crazy, um, fantasy sex? I mean, like how would you describe the kind of sex that you want to each other? You know, a lot of people don't think about about describing it like like almost describing a meal, right. you know, yeah, oh, I want fast food tonight, I want you know, um, but no, I want a big three-course meal, I want a, or I want a Moroccan feast where I can eat with my hands. And I actually have a cute game <clears throat> when we're doing the retreat. Everybody has to make a dish that represents their sexual personality, and then we all have to guess.
0: Oh, fun. Who-
2: which dish
0: yeah fun yeah well
2: so, you know you'll have your tough salad <laughs> and then you'll have your meatballs
0: and
2: yeah. <laughs> your fountain or souffle uh-huh. so yeah we don't think about describing what kind of sex we want and that varies just like the meals you don't always want the same kind of sex you know even if you do like loving and gentle sex sometimes you just one an orgasm yeah so, and it can be unilateral it's like I just want to come
1: yeah
2: and it's good to, it's good to talk about it of, sure
1: so I I, I I like the fact that you brought up orgasm because I'm gonna bring that back into your retreats and your meditation and the yoga and everything that um, you know really makes being mindful so much easier and I'd like you to talk about, because we've spoken about it, Carol and I, and Carol forget sometimes, but the need to breathe all the time um, sexually, and especially through an orgasm, and how important that is.
2: It's so true. Again, no one teaches us how to breathe. But when babies are born, they breathe correctly. As we age, we learn to breathe the wrong way, because people tell us, put your shoulders back, hold your stomach in, blah, blah, blah. And then when we breathe in, we hold our stomach in, and when we breathe out, we let it go. Well, it's the opposite. And orgasmic breathing is something that everybody should learn how to do Um, because the more breath that you use, the longer, the deeper, the more intense the orgasm, and you can learn to breathe through every chakra in your body. Those are the energy centers that we have. Um, and I think synchronized breathing during sex is one of the most beautiful connective ways, which is extremely you know, spiritual. You, you can connect through eye gazing. You can connect through breathing. And what you're doing is you're actually creating mirror neurons, which is a bridge between two brains. And it's literally out of this world. So I'm sure that's something that you guys have done, yeah. but it's also something you can teach each other um, during the Kama Sutra Play. position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you're not looking at each other, you can breathe together and put your hand on each other's belly or on each other's heart or you know even on the sacral chakra while you're making love and just breathing because breathing is the essence of life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I believe that breath can help you to manifest anything you want including a fantastic sex life
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely I mean Carol and I are very different when it comes to having sex and a lot of times you know her brain is going a thousand miles a minute And when I'm going down on her and I'm licking her pussy and she's like there but not really there, I actually remind her, I say, babe, focus on me, focus on my breathing, breathe through this, feel it. And it brings her back in there and more often than not, she will find a way to have not only a good orgasm but a great one because now she's focused on the moment and her brain isn't wandering.
2: Right and And something else that you can do um, during that during receiving oral sex to make sure that you are focusing on what you want is to start a fantasy, is to talk about a fantasy while you're receiving oral pleasure. And that's going to excite both of you at the same time. And you know the fan it doesn't have to be a fantasy. About the two of you, it can be a totally different fantasy about somebody you know, or or a fantasy that you would like to try, or even a fantasy that you don't want to try that remains a fantasy, but it keeps you focused, And, and that's what we try to do is not be distracted especially by negative
0: thoughts. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, because what Dave is talking about is just sometimes sometimes I will drift off, and I do bring myself back in using fantasy. I don't actually talk it out, which I think that would be kind of fun too, but I do bring myself back to the moment through fantasy, and uh, although I'm Mm -hmm. not a bisexual person, when he's down there licking my my pussy, my fantasy is usually me doing the licking. So in my fantasy, I'm usually licking pussy. So once I bring it back in, it is hot, and then I get back into... I can feel what he's doing, and so in my fantasy is coming alive a little bit in my mind because what I feel and what I see in my fantasy is in alignment. So that does help, and he does remind me to come back in and, and, and let's, you know, he can tell right away when yeah. my clit is hard and then all of a sudden it's not hard again. He goes, "Hun, where are you? Come on back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I love what you said about your fantasy is not something that you necessarily want in reality. That is so common. And, yeah, bisexuality is the number one fantasy. I mean, most men want to see two women um, having sex together. And most women do fantasize about another woman. And that's actually really positive because it's about self-love. You love your body. And so, consequently, a fantasy of another woman's beautiful body is so natural and so erotic. And it just works. And, And you turn each other on even more when you fantasize together
0: that's true I'm definitely going to talk it out next time that will be fun we're going to try that next <laughs> yeah there you
2: go
0: now role play you talked about role play during your se- your seminars where we just role play each other but what about role play mm-hmm. with as uh, other characters is that like a normal fantasy that we like to fulfill by dressing up as other people or or our role models
2: <laughs> well, yeah, Halloween is a great example of yeah. that, where people do dress up, and usually the costume they choose has a lot to do with their sexual fantasies. So, I actually created some fantasy cards, and um, you know, there's 26 for men, 26 for women, and you have all the uh, costumes on one side, but on the other side, it tells you what props you need, it tells you what to say, it tells you where to say it, and then how to say it. Mm. So I think it's important, and I think it's playfulness for us adults to uh, create these fantasies of, you know, usually it's one dominant, one subservient, so it can be teacher and pupil, doctor and patient, nurse and patient, police officer and criminal, stripper and person paying and yeah it's always a dynamic of um, power. Yeah. It's very rare that you have the same dynamic. And it's also very rare that you're gonna fantasize about an executive or a secretary <laughs> or something non you know, uniform. Playful great, yes right yes. uniform Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, they're normal, they're natural, they're fun. And you should never get jealous of a fantasy. Right. It's it's just to me a fantasy is like blowing up a balloon and just letting it go up into the sky. Yeah. It's playful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So much. And then how
2: far you want to take it is up to you.
0: Right. Right. No, it's a lot of fun. We love doing role play. Of course, in the swinging lifestyle, we often dress up and the, the sexy nurse or the sexy doctor or whatever it might be. Pirates. You know, all the time. There's always theme nights for where, nights. where we go. But wow, Ava, we're coming to the end of the show and you know we always like to leave our audience with um, some great advice. So what would you say would be the top two reasons that a couple should consider going away for a couple's retreat? Well, the number one reason is just
2: to escape. Escape from predictability. So you know a new location, having sex in a new location is almost guaranteed to be good <laughs> as long as the bed is comfortable or you know you feel you feel relaxed. So that's the number one reason is um, and then the number two reason is to manifest something together to reach a goal that you both want to accomplish. And make each other accountable for reaching that goal. So like you said, you want to spend more quality time, that's the reason. You go and you say, okay, let's plan on spending more quality time. We're going to hike, we're going to do yoga together, we're going to meditate together, and we're going to do stargazing together. That's four activities that we don't normally do.
0: Wow. Yeah, absolutely. We don't even think of those things because we're kind of so busy in our own little lives that the escape thing is like, well, going on a vacation is something you can look forward to and then you can talk about it afterwards forever.
2: Yeah, and you create that memory because in the end, it's the memories that we're going to have. We're not going to think about our jobs, our bank accounts, none of that. So all pleasure-oriented memories will stay with us until the end of our time.
0: Beautiful
1: absolutely well that hour went by super quickly um dr eva K- <laughs> dr eva cadell thank you so much for sharing all that amazing information why don't you take a minute tell everyone how they can reach you how they can find your retreat and find you on um social media
2: so yeah but the retreat is loveology com. my university is dot And I'm just Dr. Aver on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. So ask me anything and I promise I will respond.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And of course, if you missed any of this information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all of their information. You can even contact them there if you have any questions.
1: Absolutely. And you know, we learn more and more every week with all our expert guests. We hope you do as well. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask All righty, the end of another great show with the amazing Dr. Ava Cadell. Thank you so much for being here today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: And as we do every week, we of course want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out.
0: And join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy and always horny.
1: Well, that's that's it for our show today. Carol and I and Ava send you lots of love and of course, great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time.